History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hello, Biblical Citizens. We have a really great great show for you today. We've been talking a lot in recent weeks about health freedom and also just health and wellness. Last week, you may recall, we talked with Dr. Jim Meehan, MD in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and got some great feedback on that show. Today, we're talking with two representatives from a really terrific organization that we want you all to be more familiar with if you're not already. It's Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s nonprofit group, Children's Health Defense. And we're going to talk about a chapter right here in Southern California. And by the way, those not familiar, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., yeah, he is the nephew of the late President John F. Kennedy and son of Bobby Kennedy. So on our first segment, we're going to be talking with Beverly Lubis, representative for San Diego area. And after the break, with Denise Young, who's the executive director for California for Children's Health Defense. When I first started researching vaccines about a year ago, when I started really suspecting things weren't adding up to do with COVID, I learned about Children's Health Defense because they are one of the premier worldwide organizations educating the public about environmental toxins and other things in our our environment, including what's going on with vaccines. And there are toxins associated with that. And I was shocked to find out what they have gotten covered. And I didn't know this. But they have been researching and speaking out about vaccines and other issues for years. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has made it his life's mission to educate people about informed consent, uh, educating all about these these issues and the pharmaceutical companies and the, the, the press, how they are suppressing information. They're trying to take informed consent away from us with Force vaccine. So when when I met Beverly Lubis, our guest today at one of the Freedom events put on by Reopen San Diego, I was really thrilled to meet her uh, in person. She's actually working and volunteering with RFK's group. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning, and thank you, Brian and Kathleen, for inviting me. Beverly, it was really fun meeting you and and participating in that Let Them Breathe march last Saturday with about 400 other freedom-minded people. It was a wonderful rally, and I think it was fun, but it also helped convey one central message, let them breathe, get those masks off our kids. So, Beverly, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, Brian, it was great to meet you at the... um at the march, it was such a great, <clears throat> excuse me, such a great turnout, and um, we were happy to be a partner for Let Them Breathe. Um, about my background, uh, well, first, I mostly worked in the creative arts, but I've always been an environmentalist, concerned about toxins in our water, air, and soil, and how it affects us. 
And actually, Rachel Carlson was a big inspiration for me through her book, Silent Spring, and how she educated the public on the hazards of DDT. So, but foremost, I'm a mother, and as a mother, I'm committed to protecting children. So that's, that's really the deepest pull that I have is protecting children and um, keeping toxins out of their environment. That's, well, that sounds very <laughs> yeah. And, and as a mother, with what, yeah, yeah, we're parents. We are very concerned with what's going on with our children, our next generation, our grandchildren. We now have grandkids, so yeah, it's really important. So, and, so Beverly, what's the what's the mission? What would you how would you articulate the mission of Children's Health Defense? And and then how did you get started specifically with this organization? You you kind of gave some background on that, but right. So um, our Children's Health Defense mission is to stop exposures, I mean, stop toxic exposures that are causing the epidemic of chronic illness in our children today. And we hold um, those responsible accountable and then put safeguards in place to ensure that this never happens again. And so basically, we are that resource to make sure that we hold them accountable and if there's corruption or fraud, we're going to call it out. And, and the, the epidemic of diseases in children has just gone way up, hasn't it, it in recent yes. years? Uh, I the, think it's close to 50%. That uh, is just in, scandalous. They have a chronic illness in children today. Yeah. Yes, it's, hor- it's horrible. And it shows that our the CDC and other uh, regulatory agencies and health departments are not doing their job. It it really does, you know, with the advances, the much touted advances in science, and there has been a lot of advances in science, of course, and in medicine. You'd think that the uh, the uh, rate of autoimmune diseases and other child diseases would be going down, but instead it's going up. So there's obviously there's another factor there, right? Exactly, and yeah. it, it can't be a genetic epidemic. For instance, with autism, because you don't have epidemics of genetic diseases, you only have environmentally caused ones. Correct. Uh, So what are some of the recent projects that CHD, Children's Health Defense, has done, you know, recent project that they're doing in the process of doing? I know they they have sent out this important letter uh, to... All the county supervisors in California, all the school district officials, and, that, and I first found out about that through from you when I met you and talked to you at the at the event. So, right. tell, so tell us about that. Sure. So we we want to let the public know that we have a California chapter now. There's a few other chapters that are starting up, and so we're focusing on statewide issues. And right now, um, we have we're. We are sending out the notice of liability to the California school superintendents and most recently to the Board of Supervisors, and it outlines our legal rights for choice and health freedom, specifically COVID vaccines and the PCR tests and even masks are only authorized, as we state, under EUA, which means they are experimental and investigational and therefore cannot be legally mandated. So... That is the purpose that we're putting out that letter. And then we also have with the California chapter on the California uh, C, well, the website is the ch.childrenshealthdefense.org. That's our direct California chapter page 
in the Children's Health Defense um, main page. So you can find that either directly going to ca.childrenshealthdefense.org, or you could go ahead and go under the menu in the regular Children's Health Defense page. And once you get there, there, we also are offering an intake form for injuries for people who are denied entry to work or school due to vaccines, um, PCR tests, or masks. And so Children's Health Defense is helping to find legal counsel if we can. Oh, so that's, that's great. a resource that we're offering um, for the public. So w- it, it, what has been the response? Have you gotten response from the county supervisors or the school officials? Because some of them are still mandating the masks. They're still mandating tests. And we're afraid they're going to be mandating the vaccines. And we really don't want to be forced into that. Ha- uh, have they Have they responded? Well, it goes by, excuse me, it goes by counties. In San Diego, um, I, uh, we did send out the letters, and fortunately, I'm not seeing the force, the mandating of the PCR test uh, at this point. It's only right now for in, after school sports they're doing it. But across California, they are. They are mand- still mandating and testing and discussing mandates for the fall, for even with the COVID vaccine. So we really still need to hold their feet to the fire and make sure that we do not have these kind of intrusions on our children and risk. Well, and as we saw with the opening of schools, the schools were not going to open, and we talked about this with Sharon McKeenan, uh, until the parents really got together and pressed the issue and they said we want to open the schools they took it to court even the judge said yes these rules that they're saying that they're uh, closing the schools down you know using using those those laws are arbitrary and so it was the parents that got the schools to open up by pressing it so that that's what we need to do with this county supervisors and school district letter and and exactly. thank you for uh, providing that. This is a great resource. And a, and a resource Just, that people can contact even potentially to get legal help if, right. they've, if they've been injured, That's, which many, let's face it, there's so many people that have been injured by these arbitrary lockdowns and all the asso- associated regulations. Well, and the masks and yeah. the right. tests. Uh, so... So we definitely um, want, you know, sent out the letter, the notice of liability. And I want to also say that people could find that letter also in the California chapter page. You could find both of those letters. And, they, and anyone could send that letter out. The more people sending out those letters and stating their rights. And so what you're saying is true. Not only should we go into the top, we need to get, and what I want to do with the um, San Diego group. So I just also want to mention that not only are we having the California chapter, we are now starting to have county groups. So I am the volunteer ambassador for the San Diego County group. And if you want to, and that's way I could get parents more involved. That's where I really want to push also, because I find when we go through the parents and they learn about their rights and they get empowered, then we can make this change. So it has to come from both ways. But I do think it's one of the strongest ways for, to empower the parents with knowledge. So that, the Children's Health Defense, what I've always found and what I love since, since I've been going after these issues is to be able to find them for a resource and have really um, 
a really even keel resource of peer-reviewed studies to look at and just to find out about my rights and my, my legal rights and to have informed consent and to, to fight for our choice. So I really also want to make sure that the parents that are listening and who want to get involved or anyone that wants to get involved, because this is now hitting every age group, um, to definitely reach out to the San Diego County group. And the best way to do that is with um, going, they can email me at this point, which is at group at protonmail.com. That's P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. That is excellent. So people can download this letter, take it to their school officials and say, you need to abide by this law. And RFK is an excellent attorney. He's a top-notch world-renowned return attorney and he's argued hundreds of cases you can listen to his podcast you can get educated you can well, we're gonna have more can, we're gonna have more after the break it's time for the break right, right now but sign thanks. up with beverly right too. beverly thanks so much and we'll be talking with uh denise right after the break thanks so much and we're gonna i'm sure beverly we're gonna be seeing you at some upcoming events yeah i look forward to it and thank you so much kathleen and brian yeah have a great day there is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. We have been talking with Beverly Lubis of Children's Health Defense, one of the top-notch influential organizations educating the public about toxic things in our environment to do with vaccines, to do with children's health, uh, all these very important issues that we need to be informed of. They're one of the main groups that are telling people about health freedom and uh, informed consent. So now we are going to be talking with Denise Young, the executive director of the California chapter of Children's Health Defense. Welcome to our show today, Denise. Hi, Kathleen and Brian. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Denise. So tell us a little bit about your background, Denise, and and also how you got involved in what you're doing with Children's Health Defense. Uh, I got involved in this uh, movement in medical freedom um, advocacy when we started to see all of our parental rights being stripped away um, by various bills, starting with SB 277 in 2015, Um, when we were um, having our rights removed for exemptions from the vaccine. Every state originally had three exemptions, which is religious, philosophical, and medical. And with 277, uh, we were fighting to maintain our um, exemption rights. And with that one, uh, we lost both religious and um, philosophical exemption rights. Um, And then that continued on with SB 276 where we then lost the last remaining exemption right, which is medical um, medical exemption. It does still exist, but it's, it's so narrow and so rare that you would be able to get one. It's practically not non-existent. And I have met um, so many parents that that are of a remnant of this. I'm not a remnant, a continuation of this movement of one, wanting to have the exemption, the freedom to choose, because vaccines are not for everybody. They, they, some people have 
you know, pre-existing conditions that that will pre- predispose them to an injury. Yeah, or they do have a religious or a philosophical yeah. objection. That's a valid objection. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, there, are, there are many reasons why people would want to exempt out. They may have already had a previous injury or reaction to one of the vaccines, or they're genetically predisposed to being um, to having an allergic reaction. Um, vaccines are not a one-size-fits-all, and so, there is a subset of children who react poorly to them. And for that reason, you always have to have the right to choose. A parent must always be able to decide for her child what is injected into her body. And and that's, you know, the crux of what our organization does and what Robert's mission has been, as um, Beverly mentioned, we're all about freedom to choose. If you want the vaccine, you should have it. If you choose not to for yourself or for your child, you should have informed consent, informed, really we like to say informed choice, because you may not consent for whatever your personal beliefs are or your reasons, medical reasons not to. So we are really fighting, fighting against the mandates that we have forced medical procedures. Well, and uh, we hear so much about vaccine passports, and that's exactly what it is, forced vaccines. Uh, employers mandating the unproven, unproven experimental vaccine that isn't even a vaccine, according to many of the scientists. So, But it seems like even if you question anything about the informed consent, the right to not be vaccinated for your children or now with adults, you're called an anti-vaxxer. You're, you're, you know, you're just labeled. Even if you just bring up any questions or you want to discuss it, uh, in the in the media, especially. So, how do you how do you respond to that being labeled an anti-vaxxer? That's right, Kathleen, and, and that's we've all been uh, labeled anti-vaxxers, and and people don't know that there's a wide spectrum of where people fall in terms of their only wanting one or not wanting any, or you know wanting to spread them out. Um, so the minute that you ask a question or maybe one is going to be harmful for your child, but you're okay with the other ones, um, you're you're immediately discredited and marginalized and labeled an anti-vaxxer. And that's what's happened with Robert in the media. Um, he, you know, he's been vaccinated. His children have been vaccinated. He advocates safe um, vaccines and informed consent, um, which we have yet to find, you know, a safe vaccine under the current schedule um but we but we are um you know he's always been about free choice whatever you whatever you want for yourself for your body for your children your family that's right for you and there is a whole spectrum one of the most compelling arguments for a limitation not an abolition of vaccines but a limitation is the knowledge I've come to that our own immune system in the first two years of of life is not fully developed. So I think something to really question is giving infants, like, for example, the hepatitis B vaccine, which why do infants need that? And we're messing around, so to speak, with their immune system when it's not at all fully developed. So these are the kinds of discussions, I think, Denise, that we need to have. It's not just, a, like you say, it's not just all or nothing. But to not to be censored from even questioning anything and, and uh, asking, asking these very, I think, legitimate questions, we need to have these discussions. 
That's right. And we, and that's what we advocate, a debate, healthy debate. We need to be asking the questions and bringing this to the forefront and not censored. And we've experienced tremendous censorship. And you bring up a really great example with the hepatitis B, B vaccine for, that are given on children on the first day of life when the only way that a child can get hepatitis B would be if they were a drug user or if they were, um, you know, having premarital, like, risky sex. Um, and, and that's likely not going to be happening with a one-year-old baby. And the, it used to only be given to teenagers, and then they realized that people weren't going back to the doctors frequently enough to get the shot, so they said, oh, we're just going to give it to them when they're when we have them in the hospital. And um, so we're giving a completely useless vaccine to a child, to a baby on their first day of life. Um, when, when it's, and likely it's going to wear off in five, five or six years anyway. So, but it's not even going to reach the point when it might potentially be useful. And that's one of the so, ones yeah. that I find just such a lack of rationale for as a, you know, why are, why do they need to do that? To a newborn, when they're on the day they're born, I just. But if you ask that just, question on Facebook, <clears throat> it's probably going to get either a warning or get completely blotted out. So, a, a general question for you, Denise, with the censorship and the other headwinds that Children's Health Defense is fighting against, how do? What is your sense? Is the influence or the reach of your organization still growing? Because it is a very challenging environment. It is. It is because people are no longer going to um, just mainstream media anymore. So we know that the, the media outlets are all um, suffering. They're down to 10 and 20 percent of where they had been because people know that the information is not accurate. It's not censored. I mean, it is censored. Um, it's, you know, the truth isn't coming out. So people are going to a lot of different media outlets now. So we do believe that our message is getting out and, you know, we, we're gaining more members every day. We're getting, you know, they subscribe to our newsletter. They're sharing the information. We're getting out. We're global. We're, you know, out there on the streets. So, they're, so you know, we, we are growing, and we are getting the message out despite um, the censorship. But, it, you know, Robert has been deplatformed on you know, various social media um, outlets because he's questioning. He's asking these hard questions, and it's going against the popular narrative. Well, and I heard him say on the podcast out. that he he still does have his Facebook page, and he has a million followers just on that. It, and he had a bigger following on Instagram till they took him off. But you can go mm-hmm. on the website and listen to the podcast. You can go on other platforms, and and yeah, Robert F. Kennedy speaks all over the world, and he gets thousands of people to come listen to him. For instance, when he spoke in Berlin, thousands of people mm-hmm. came. Under, and, I, I think it was hundreds of thousands. Right. And yeah, then, it was, it was, it was 1.5 million. Oh, absolutely. wow. That's a lot of, wow. that's 15 hundreds of thousands. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Well, and he recently, yeah. didn't he recently speak in Connecticut when 4,000 people came out in a small state right. uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to oppose the bill that t- is taking away the exemptions, which, how, how can they do that? that that's, that's really putting children at risk. And, and I understand they voted in favor of taking the exemptions away anyway, even though 4,000 people came out, and that's a huge number. That's for a, a huge small number for state. lobbying a, le- a state legislature. Right, because yeah. when I was in Delaware, we got 800 people, and that's a smaller state even. And, and that was considered the biggest 
uh, rally in in 25 years. So, I mean, there is a definitely a big movement out there. Yeah, well, our elective officials are not representing what the people want. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we're seeing. And that's what we saw when we were up at the Capitol here in California time and time again. We'd have thousands of people up there, and we would still get our rights stripped away. So they were and then there would be nobody on the other side um, advocating for them. But there would be, you know, all of these moms, you know, mothers and fathers and children up there, you know, um, protesting and our voices were not heard. So there is definitely a movement and we are in favor of informed consent. And you can go to the Children Health Defense, Defense website. You can download different and, and inform yourself uh I think there should be a national campaign with the slogan, forced vaccines or informed consent. You can't have both. So that's my good, idea. Good, <laughs> good, good slogan, Kathleen. Denise, yeah. Denise and Beverly, we're coming up to the end here, but thanks so much. I think we need to have you on again, you or other representatives of your organization. Yeah, maybe Bobby Kennedy himself will come Bobby on. Bobby Kennedy Jr. maybe. <laughs> so. But thanks so much. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you so much, Kathleen and Brian. And you too, Beverly. For hearing us. Thank you. To bless your neighbor this week, again, go to Children's Health Defense. Sign up for their newsletter. I read the whole thing. There is so much great information there. Help preserve informed consent. Join the health freedom movement. Till next week, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise.